Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Hank Williams Jr. penned these words. They get on me and want to know, why, Hank, why do you drink? Hank, why do you roll smoke? Why must you live out the songs that you wrote? Over and over, everybody makes my prediction. So if I get stoned, I'm just carrying on an old family tradition. Hank Jr. didn't learn much from his dad. And uh, addicted, as far as addictive behavior is concerned, and habits that will bring about a short-lived life. Had to find that out for himself, as often many of us do. We'd be much wiser, though, if we could learn the lessons from the failures of others than having to step into that ourselves and try and find something redemptive out of it. Turn to 1 Corinthians, if you will, chapter 10. And I want us to look at this warning here today to learn from the, the failures of others. Chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, verse 6 down through verse 13 together. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to us all. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure. Okay, four things I want us to glean today from this text as it relates to the failure of others and this warning that comes with it. The failure of others, first of all, should make us aware. It should make us aware. These things happen, verse 11, these things happen to them as examples that were written down as warnings for us. These things happen as examples written down as warnings. The preceding verses in, in chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, deal with the stories of failure that the children of Israel had while they were warning, uh, wandering through the desert for 40 years. And Paul shares some of the specifics with them because the church at Corinth was walking through some of the same places, walking through the, some of the same failures. Uh, and not only that, he reveals some of the consequences to, the, to those behaviors. In fact, look with me uh, uh, at verse 5. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Then drop down to verse 8. Look at the consequence in verse 8. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. And in verse 9, we should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. It sounds like a great way to go, doesn't it? Verse 10, and do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. So here's some specific consequences that the church at Corinth are about to face if they, if they don't learn from uh, some of the mistakes of the children of Israel. So their, their disobedience was obvious to him and, and should have been to each other. 
And uh, he, he reveals some of the consequences there to, to make them aware of these decisions. And those kinds of decisions, especially decisions about disobedience, have consequences that come with them. Uh, it, I, I've been asked a number of times, you know, Tim, where does the grace of God come in? And if I fail, make a mistake, where does the grace of God come in? Well, the grace of God comes in in your ability to learn from your mistakes. God is gracious to you to give you a memory. He's gracious to you to give you a, a place of, of recall where, let's not go that route again. I've I, I suffered the consequences. He doesn't take away the natural consequences often. Sometimes I, I, I witness that he's done that in my life, but most often he allows the natural consequences to occur. The grace comes in his ability to forgive my failures and then allow the consequences to teach me not to go there again. That's what grace looks like for you and I, is the forgiveness of failures and the opportunity for the consequence to teach the lesson. Sometimes we don't get it, or I don't. The scripture is full of stories of folks and their failures, as, and they're there uh, as, as ways to teach us so that we, we can not only become aware, but identify and connect with some of those places as well as failures ourselves and learn from the stories uh, of, of those other folks, and as he mentioned here, from, from uh, failures of the nation of Israel. The fact that they were written down here, he says as well in verse uh, 6, is significant also because it gives us a record to go back to to say, here's what, here's how, here's what disobedience looks like, here's the consequence of disobedience, and here's how God wants to redeem all that for himself. So these, this idea that it's written down is significant. It shows us that a merciful God sees our failures and loves us in spite of our failures and beyond our failures and through our failures and continues to pursue us. Failures of others should make us aware. The second thing they should do is the failures of others should help us prepare. It should help us prepare. Look at verse 12. It says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. He's saying in essence, you might not be standing as firm as you think you're standing depending on the level of temptation, depending on how, how vulnerable you are to that, to that temptation. And then the enemy knows our vulnerabilities and comes at us because of them. All of us are more vulnerable than we think we are. Uh, each of us are. And the key to strengthening that vulnerability, he says here, is preparation. So how do we, go, how do we prepare for that? Well, we go back to what has been written down. We go back to the record, back to the stories of, of those failures to prepare us for those, those places that uh, and give us the ability to stand firm in those places. They're written down in Scripture. Consequently, the more well-versed we are in what the Bible says, the greater the level of preparation we have and the greater our ability to stand firm becomes to the enemy. He is uh, coming after you, not just to nag at you, but the Scripture says to devour you, to devour your witness, to, to devour your walk, um, to make, in essence, to make your failure so great that you think your witness is gone and can't be returned and you're unworthy to share your story to anybody else. He does that with each of us. You see, his goal is not just your failure. His goal is ultimately to silence you, to silence your story, to silence your testimony, to silence what God's doing in the midst of your failure, to teach you some things about the nature of himself and how we need to, how we need to walk in that place in, in a forgiven guilty but redeemed place. Uh, it's, and he's good at, it, good at it. That's why this, the word of God is, is our, our great preparation tool 
uh, to help us prepare for temptation. Well, thirdly, the failures of others should make us aware. It should help us prepare. But thirdly, the failures of others have plenty of company. Have plenty of company. Look at the first part of verse 13. It says, no temptation is overtaking you except what is common to us all. We've all heard that misery loves company, and it does. But failure loves company, too. And we want to seek out other folks to fail with if, if failure becomes a lifestyle for us. It's, uh, it is, it's the nature of how failure feeds itself and feeds on itself. Uh, Paul isn't reminding them and, and, and us today of that truth so we can feel better about our failures. He's reminding them of that, of that so they don't feel isolated and alone. Uh, Pew Research did a, a survey recently that found this was among mature Americans, 25 and over, that 72% of those surveyed greatest fear was the fear of being alone. The fear of being that kind of surprised me, because I look at our culture, and we are more connected now than we've ever been, right? Supposedly. Yet we fear being alone. Um, in, the, in the most social culture we've ever been a part of, the most communicative culture that we've ever been a far, part of, our, our, one of our greatest fears is being alone. Um, if that's true, then why do we waste time connecting with, each, with falsely connecting with, with each other when uh, a, a deeper connection can be had face to face and person to person? We, we, we are very connected and, and are more informed than we've ever been, yet we're more isolated than we've ever been in our culture. Uh, it's, that's, that's this, this fear, what, what the fear of being alone can cause us to do. Uh, if there's one thing our enemy, the devil, loves, it's to make you feel alone. And I say feel alone because we're going to see in just a moment we're never alone if we're a child of God, but he wants us to make us think we are, and he wants us to make us feel that way. He, he is... Uh, He's, he, he does that because 80% of the battle over temptation, he knows this, and we should too, over 80% of the battle of winning and losing is in the mind. And so if he can cause us to feel isolated, feel disconnected, feel that we're alone, that nobody else is walking this road but us, he's got us because he will, he will, uh, he will break us eventually because of our, our, our perception of our being alone. But failure has plenty of company. We're not, um, he says, no temptation is overtaking you except what is common to us all. In fact, he's saying we're all sinners. We're all failures. We're all, all walking through some level of common brokenness. All of us are in a broken place. So we should never feel alone. Finally, the failure of others makes us aware, should help us be, uh, prepare and have plenty of company. But finally, the failure of others are governed by God. Look at the last part of verse 13. They're governed by God, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Again, when the enemy has us alone and isolated, he has, he has us exactly where he wants us because when he gets us alone and isolated, he just keeps punching, and he just keeps punching until he knocks us out. That's exactly what he wants to happen. Uh, to counter that, Here's one of the most powerful promises in all of Scripture. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. In essence, God has a governor on the level, level of, of temptation. He allows the enemy to tempt us by and with. He's, he's put some, some boundaries in place. Um, 
He won't let us bear, be tempted beyond what we can bear. There's a limiter and a limit to that. In fact, this microphone and these other vocal microphones that John uses and our singers use have a limiter on them. Our sound console upstairs has those features where channel by channel by channel, it didn't just control volume. It controls how loud the person can be. And John can sing pretty loud. Most of the time. So that's why the limiter on John's mic is a lot hotter than the limiter on some of the other singers' mic. To not to tone down his emotion, that's not what it's about at all. But just to, to govern that and, and to put a lid on it to where, you know, you don't leave saying, man, John was loud today, wasn't he? Uh, some of you may leave that way anyway, I'm not sure. But, uh, that's. That's how God works with temptation with us. And sometimes we think there is none because we, we, we see and feel temptation coming from around us at every, every stop and every corner. So we wonder, is this really more than I can bear? And, and am I being poured upon? You know, is temptation become so common to me? And I've had people ask me this question, Tim, is that a sign that I'm, I'm farther away from God than I need, than I need to be? Sometimes the answer to that is, no, I'm not any further away from God than I used to be. Sometimes the answer to that is, I'm going to refine your faith by testing it. I'm going to show you a part of myself that you couldn't see in, on the mountaintop. That you're going to, the only place to see is when you're in, in the pit, grabbing a way to get out of the pit as quickly as you can. Uh, sometimes we see parts of God in failure and in loss and in temptation and, and in the failure to, to win and become victorious over temptation. Sometimes we see a side of God in those parts of life, in those moments that we'll never see otherwise. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's common for us all, but we, he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. That's a great, great promise. Don't ever forget that. that it's come, if it's coming into your life, God has caused it or he has allowed it for your good, for his glory, always. Well, Notice that that's not the only truth, but the last sentence here in verse 13 says, but when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out. So you can do it, endure it. What an incredible promise. He's provided a way out. And how does he do that? Well, three ways come to mind to me, obviously. And you don't want to jot these down. The first is this. Is, is, is the first way he does that is the encouragement of others. The encouragement of others. Uh, uh, and that's really where... We come around this idea that we're never alone, that the body is with us, the body of Christ is for us. Uh, the best context for that to happen is in group. But that, this is con it's contextually happens on Sundays too, especially in a church our size. Huh? It's easier to, to connect with someone else and get to know them a little better than in, in a larger church. And so we understand and, and can be aware of more readily when somebody's walking through a hard place and when they need encouragement, when they need prayer, when they need the body to come along inside them, uh, beside them and pray for them and encourage them. So encouragement of others is, is one, one way that God does it. Another way that he does that is the promises of deliverance and the ammunition that this book holds. There's story after story of, of, of delivered people from cover to cover. Uh, Jonah, David, uh, Joshua, uh, Joseph, Ruth, story after story of deliverance that God has put in place in front of us. And those stories are there to encourage us to say, you make it through, you can make it through. 
You can make it through. They, they did, and you can too. It's also there to give us ammunition to use against our enemy, the devil. In fact, it is the source of ammunition we need to use. <coughs> Consider with me, if you will, Jesus in, 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 in the wilderness, um, 40 days and nights with nothing to eat or drink. The enemy comes after him at his most vulnerable state. And his response to the enemy was three words every time. It is written. This was God talking to something that God had created uh, and cast out of heaven himself. I, I wonder sometimes why he did, just didn't say, I'm God and you're not, so leave me alone. And be, gone, be gone with you. He doesn't do that. He, he, he gives us a method to follow in temptation to say, it is written. That's how you and I need to, to have victory over temptation as well, is to get back to his word, um, back to reminding him, here's what the Bible says about me, you, you liar. Here's what it says about who I am. Here's what it says about who you are, and here's what your future is going to be. Here's what my future is going to be. He knows those things, but wants us to, wants to, to cause us to forgive him and dissuade us from, from using the scripture as ammunition. The third thing, not only the encouragement of others and the promises of deliverance and ammunition that the scripture has, but the third thing is the promise of his own presence. Hebrews 13, 5 tells us that he will never, ever leave us nor forsake us. What an incredible promise. And with that promise comes his power as well. And with his promise of, of his power comes the provision that the Holy Spirit brings. Listen to, to John 14, verse 16. It says, I, I will ask the, this is Jesus speaking, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. What an incredible promise. So, those, those temptations are governed by God and he provides us ways of escape by the encouragement of others, the body around us, uh, by, by, by the fact that he, these, the scripture is full of deliverance and full of ammunition and by the fact that he has promised his presence and his power in the form of the Holy Spirit living in us to provide us a way of escape. Uh, this isn't just a formula for an opportunity that may be good for you. This is a formula where you can face temptation and win every time. Every time. Every time. Now, if I knew that and I didn't use that, it's on me. If I didn't know that coming in here today, well, that's part of that. It may be on Pastor Tim. He's not doing a better job of teaching that. But he just told me how I can face deliverance from temptation every time in the formula of God, his presence, his word, and the power of his spirit. The encouragement of believers. If I can win every time, I should use that every time. That is his formula, his game plan for how to, how to defeat the enemy and how to defeat temptation. Well, as we wrap, the power of this warning is not just the lesson that it teaches, but in the legacy that it leaves in the legacy that it leaves. Uh, these Corinthians didn't have to repeat the Israelites' losses and failures. And so Paul's trying to get them to see, you see the examples that's put in front of you. See the, heed the warning of these examples that have, been, that have been put in front of you from the nation of Israel and go another way. Choose another path. Walk another way. Find, find uh, the, the answers to temptation in, in, in these places and in these ways. Why is that so important? because somebody's watching you. In fact, probably a number of somebody's are watching you. And they're watching to see how you deal with these things. They're watching because they know you're a believer. They know you're walking through a hard place or your life is in a, in a tough spot. 
And they want to see, is, is God using you as a model of how to do it? Or is he using you as a warning of how not to? I wonder how he's using your testimony in your life. Uh, as I shared, I've shared with you the past couple of weeks, woes and warnings are the guardrails that keep us on the road, that keep us on the path of, bring, of bringing glory to God. When we get off the, off the path, it, it's not only bad for us, it's bad for the kingdom, it's bad for our family, it's bad for our loved ones, people around us, because they feel helpless to help us through failures, to help us through loss, to help us through temptation. But we, we're the ones that's gotten away from the, the warning and away from the woes and have gotten over the guardrails and over the side. When Slapping is probably not a good communication analogy, but that's where I feel God, that's what I feel them do to me sometimes. Get back over here. Get back over here. Where are you going? Get back. Come on. And, and those, those kinds of guardrails are, are his governors, more or less, that he's put on us and against the enemy uh, because he is for us and he is with us and he will walk through temptation with us to come out victorious on the other side if we'll put his, the formula of his word into place. He, he will do that, I promise you, every time. It's our using the tools that we have in front of us. And I want to encourage us today to do a better job at that. Well, uh, failures have lessons. That's why there are consequences to them. The lesson ought to be always to deepen our faith in him, to deepen our trust in him, to deepen our confidence in his word, to deepen our walk with him, to deepen our relationship with others in the body and him. Uh, otherwise, failures are just that. There, there's temptations or opportunities to fail with no lesson on the backside. And I'm going to tell you, it's his, always it's his desire that there be a lesson on the backside of every failure, of every loss. Let's pray. Father, temptation is common to us all. Every person in this room has been tempted this week, today perhaps even, to say or do the wrong thing, to get our minds in the wrong place. And yet here is a biblical formula that you put in place for us to be victorious over temptation, for us to heed the warning of your own people that you delivered, that you walked through on dry ground through the Red Sea, that you fed from heaven and from the earth, that you that struck a rock and, and water came out to drink. Here's your own people that saw victory after victory after victory, miracle after miracle, and still yet walked away from you. And you let generations and thousands of them die at one time, we just read, 23,000 at one time. You let, in fact, you let generations die out because they're, they're, they're being spoiled and their disobedience as a result of that spoiling. So today, would you help us learn from their failure? Would you help us learn from they're, they're not choosing to walk in victory, but in defeat. Would you, would you help us learn that temptation is, is an opportunity to tell a story, not just to knock us around, to get our attention, to punish us, to beat us up. Temptation is, is an opportunity to add to our story of what God can do, how victorious we can be if we choose to use his word and the formula that's in these pages of this book. You did it in person after person, from, from Genesis to Revelation. You can do it in us as well. We can live in victory and not in defeat. We can conquer temptation instead of allowing it to eat our lunch and, and annihilate our witness and, and silence our witness to others. So today, help us see those things 
and move toward those things as opposed to staying in the dark, to staying blind, and to choose to stay defeated. That's not what you have for us. You have victory for us. Help us to see it and seize it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.